It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another week of Movie Mondays here on the Here's for Hire podcast. My name is Sean Mean, and I am joined by a very special guest, Ms. Orla Smith. Hello. It's good to have you back on the show, Orla. Thank you very much. Uh, Connor, as you all might have guessed, and if you listened to last week's shows, you will know that Connor is not here at the minute. Uh, we're not quite sure where he is. He's on a world tour. He's on a world tour. He said he was going to hit up Wuhan. Then north of Italy. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Uh, no, he's, he's somewhere nice, somewhere unaffected. He'll be back Wednesday. He's just going around the world, touching things, <laughs> he's, licking he's poles. coughing on everything. Just public transport is where he... He likes to do that. That's his hobby, just cough on things. <laughs> That's his hobby is to cough on things. Yeah. If I know Connor, and I think I do after doing this show for a couple of years, uh, he is listening to this on the plane. <laughs> Hopefully not out loud. So we so making a notes of critiques on his phone so that he can send them. So that he can re-record this on his own in his spare time <laughs> with his responses to the questions. <laughs> uh, so this is Movie Monday, is the show where we run through all of the movie news of the week, and it's been it's been an interesting enough week for news. We're going to run through it all here, but we got some stories. We got some fan favorite stories coming up in this one. All you Bond fans out there. You're all gonna, of you. All two of you. You're going to like uh, story five. So we're going <laughs> to... Yeah, really lead them in. Yeah. What you do? You put your best story fifth. That's what they all say. <laughs> so we're going to start with the Suicide Squad, uh, or the Suicide Squad, wrapping filming, uh, and James Gunn posting a lovely photo of everyone on Instagram. Lovely man, James Gunn. Lovely man, James Lovely Gunn. man, James Gunn. So, can do no wrong. As, Ever. <laughs> Ever. No matter what Disney says. So, James Gunn took to Instagram to announce the end of filming Suicide Squad. He posted an image of the Suicide Squad logo above a full photo of the cast and crew. Have you seen this photo, Orla? Yes. They all look so happy. They and so- and t- together as a crew. Together as a crew. No one sent each other condoms or rats. Look, the, the, 
there was one thing missing from the set of the Suicide Squad, and it was used condoms and rats. No, they, no it's nice. It's nice that they had a good working environment. <laughs> yeah, and that's a massive cast as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. And like an all-star cast. They're they're all smash mouth. That was terrible. Um, uh, in James Gunn wrote a post. He says, that's a wrap on Suicide Squad. My father died two weeks before we started filming, and my di- dog died two weeks before the end. It was a hard, hard time in my life and yet the most fulfilling time I've ever had making a movie. The professionalism, talent, compassion and kindness of this crew inspired me every day. Thanks to everyone involved in every stage of development. I'm grateful from the bottom of my heart for you all. You are why I make movies. That's a, it's a very sweet post. It is a very sweet post. You've got to be the people on Guardians, though, got to be like, oh. <laughs> this is what I was going to ask you. How, just like, not even annoyed, but just like, oh, all right. Do you, do you think Chris Pratt had that reaction? I don't think this is like Zoe Saldana and Chris Pratt are like, but James. <laughs> Papa J. I, I thought we were buds. I, like, he's he seems to have been through the ringer yeah, in no, the production like, you know, of this. It's, yeah. But not in the way that people usually are when they produce a film for DC. Yeah. Was his brother in Suicide Squad? Because his brother is definitely in Guardians. I think Sean Gunn might be in it. Uh, I hope so, because otherwise what a kick in the teeth. The best crew, I'm your brother. I'm your, dude! <laughs> I think we had a discussion that Sean Gunn might be one of the first people to do Marvel, then DC, then Marvel again. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> actually, J.K. Simmons... He's Commissioner Gordon in Justice League. Yeah, yeah, so and he and yeah, and he's he J. Jonah Sim- J. Jonah J. Jonah James J. Jonah Simmons J. Jonah Simmons. That is that's like a that's a. He's sailor. ingrained in my mind as J. Jonah Jameson because he's so good in it. He's so so good at it. He's great. He's the best one. Hmm. Um, I just and following on from this, there was another bit of Jimmy Gunn news, which was that uh, Marvel didn't know about the Suicide Squad. When they rehired James Gunn. Oof. But they did send him a lovely um, book when they started filming about, gar- like, with Guardians memorabilia in it and all their cast photos and stuff. And they sent that to him when he started filming Suicide Squad 2, <laughs> which I felt was, I'm that petty. I want to be that, like, oh, you're going off to DC. Remember how great we were? We're so supportive. <laughs> this is all your friends that you're yeah. leaving behind. <laughs> That you'll never work with again. Have fun. Uh, So as we all know, having worked on uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 and Volume 2, and heavily setting up Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, James Gunn was all set to direct until several inappropriate tweets resurfaced last year. Um, Disney and Marvel... Well, from what I remember, uh, Disney was straight out of the gate, just like, no, you're gone. And Kevin Feige was like, no, please. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we need James. Just cancel culture is just, you know, it's too far. You know, it like, he wrote those tweets, what, 10 years A ago? A decade ago. Yeah. And he was writing for, um, like a web, like a web magazine. Yeah. Um, that like, was kind of based on controversial humor and like that kind of stuff. Like. It was just fucking there are worse jokes said on Mock the Week some weeks is how I thought about it when Frankie Boyle was there there was many worse <laughs> ah the good old oh, the days the good old days back before everyone got woke am I right I, I just think cancel culture is um, you know 
you, you tend to go a little bit far. You tend to judge people on things that you would never judge. You judge mm-hmm. people online that you would never ever judge your friends for saying ten years ago. Exactly, because you yeah. were, you're a different person. Exactly. So, yeah, we didn't understand the internet ten years ago. We didn't know it was going to be there forever. No, ten years. Well, ten years ago was 2010. We hadn't even had the London Olympics. It was a different time. That was when we all grew up. <laughs> <laughs> so Disney and Marvel stood firm in their decision for a while until eventually hiring him back. Uh, obviously, fan support was overwhelming in that, and all of the Guardians cast rallied around him. Yeah, I remember Dave Bautista being ex- <laughs> being like ready to quit. Yeah, and I support that. I support somebody who has who knows their their worth uh, and just like no you you won't fire this person because I will walk and it's nice that he knew that as a star he could do that he didn't you know yeah. he, he was his friend and he believed that James should be exonerated and he stood by it yeah exactly uh, so he revealed on Instagram that Marvel had no knowledge of his involvement in the Suicide Squad before rehiring him for Guardians 3 uh, in the comment section of one of his posts, someone asked, uh, would Disney have rehired you if you hadn't been involved with the Suicide Squad? Uh, and Gunn replied, I know for a fact they would have, as they didn't know about the squad when they first talked to me. Yeah, I'd say I'd say things like that were pretty like heavily guarded that if he had been locked in for Suicide Squad, people wouldn't have known, you know, until it was official that it was going to go ahead you know yeah and i think it speaks uh, it speaks to how i suppose integral james gunn is to guardians 3 that yeah they were gonna ask him back anyway it wasn't a petty thing of oh he's making a movie for them we've already hired his brother his brother is already the raccoon (laughs) no one else can play the raccoon he's the he's the mocha i've before anyway like he's the mocap actor for Rocket yes yeah Bradley Cooper provides the voice but Sean Gunn uh, is the body of <laughs> yeah yeah Sean Gunn is is the sex appeal of Rocket Raccoon <laughs> he carries a giant raccoon plushie around with him and makes all the movements so you will know where Rocket's face is and Groot is a tennis ball on a stick so that people know where to look <laughs> Um, so that tennis ball is also played by Vin Diesel. He plays the tennis ball. <laughs> they paint him green. <laughs> he goes method. You should have seen him for the Iron Giant. <laughs> I've never seen the Iron Giant actually. Well, well, that's a thing we need to do after this podcast. Excellent. Yes. Let, let's end it early. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to take a break right now. We're going to watch it on podcast. <laughs> oh, we should do that for one of our Patreon exclusive Lazarus pits. I feel like Connor wants to be there for that. He's, no. He's on the plane at the moment going, I want to be there. He's saying that out loud. <laughs> um, so moving on from one amazing director to one amazing writer. Uh, this is the news that James Bond, I lied, it's story three. Uh, James Bond's newest outing, No Time to Die, had its script, quote-unquote, from Screen Rant, improved by the creator of Fleabag. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Now, you have watched Fleabag. I have, yes. I have been told to watch Fleabag. And I think As does everybody. Now, to be fair, I think everyone was like, yeah. as soon as somebody watches it, they're like, you've got to watch it. It won a million Golden Globes. <laughs> Like, what is it about it that's so good? Um, I realise you mightn't have been expecting this question. No, but I genuinely, I think it is, it is quite real. Uh, I think it's, I think it's a very lonely kind of show in a way. Um, mm-hmm. 
I f- like so the main character's name is Fleabag but she doesn't have a name Fleabag is her nickname okay. none of the characters really have names apart from her. she has a sister called Claire her dad is just called Dad or Darling then there's the stepmother that's only referred to as the stepmother which is the brilliant Olivia Coleman. Oscar winner Olivia Coleman. Yeah, she's brilliant. She's so hateable, but in a really real way. She doesn't have to be evil stepmother and like, like she's Cinderella not, levels. She's not, yeah, spitting on babies and like, <laughs> you know, like, you know, like comically, she's just, there's just bits in her that like, you absolutely hate. You like, loathe her. The Fleabag and her sister go to the house and she picks up Fleabag's coach. She goes, oh, that's nice. And she goes, oh, thank you. And then she picks up Claire's. Oh, well, this is gorgeous. And oh. it's just this snide undertone. Okay. And like, it's all very, it's a... But real. It's a show that's made up, it's the sum of its parts. Right. Everything is good about it. The writing is very, very good. And that's why Phoebe Waller-Bridge is going to be a great, like, asset to James Bond. The writing is really good. Yeah, because I think a lot of James Bond is so removed from reality like, I know they've been trying to get gritty and real with the last few, but it's Hollywood gritty and real. So if they can bring even an element of actual people into it. Yeah. Like, I think she's I think she's going to be... Like, she's also written Killing Eve, which was incredibly well-received as well, as a more... Like, again, comedy elements to it, heightened uh, reality, but with a, a darker element. Okay. Yeah. So we might be following... And so she she can do a lot of stuff as well. She's not oh, just yeah, locked no. into to com- like comedy. Fleabag's a weird comedy that it's definitely not raucous laughter. <laughs> There's no laugh track in Fleabag, is that what you're saying? No, no. Um, it was based on her one-woman play that mm-hmm. she had done for a very long time. Uh, that it's just her on stage talking about her life. Right. And it you can kind of tell that it's written with that kind of like talent to be able to write a one woman play yeah you know and not make it boring and not need anything else or you know on just on a stage in a cafe on a table you're just relying on the writing at that point yeah yeah and so she talked on the chris evans breakfast show uh that uh she had dreamt about getting to work on a bond script she was thinking like oh wouldn't it be amazing to do it and then she got uh the call from producer barbara broccoli which is the best name i've ever heard um, and she she also explained that it was also written with Neil Purvis, Robert Wade and the director, Kerry Joji Fukunaga. Uh, so her involvement was that they'd give her scenes and this is all a quote uh, and it was like, can you write some alternatives for this or have an idea about where it could go in the middle or how it would end? And she would just give them options and various scenes and they would pick and choose what they wanted. That's interesting. Yeah, so apparently... Like, it's a, it's a very collaborative way of writing such a big script. Mm, yeah, and it is a big script. The runtime is... Ridiculous. Yes, yeah, an hour... It's two hours and 43. E, uh, 163 minutes is the, the runtime so, so far. So two hours and 43. 43 minutes, yeah. I was trying to do maths in my head. I'm not a smart man. Uh Yes, so uh, uh, that's actually, it follows on in this story, is that No Time Die might be the longest James Bond movie ever. Yeah, and Spectre was pretty long. Spectre was pretty long. Spectre used to be the longest at 148 minutes, which is two hours and 28 minutes as it goes. (laughs) um, So, 
that that was the previous longest one and mm. the shortest one was Quantum of Solace which was only 106 minutes long so either way Daniel Craig is acting in the shortest and the longest James Bond films which is a good pub quiz fact if anyone's keeping score <laughs> anyone's on a James Bond themed pub quiz they definitely exist no 100% yeah and I want to go to one and just piss people off <laughs> You would be awful. <laughs> Stop <laughs> writing Sean Connery for every answer. Because it will be eventually the answer. It will. Yeah. What is the name? Blofeld. <laughs> it's Blo- odd job. Is it odd job? Is it odd job? Uh, so apparently this, is, this isn't set in stone at all. Because The Rise of Skywalker, which came out last year, was uh, about, just about confirmed to be 155 minutes long. But it turned out to be 142 so it's not set in stone yet. It's I'm, things will still be chopped and edited. Mm. Uh, so apparently, as according to the director Kerry Joji Fukunaga, uh, the film is all about Bond making peace with everything he's done and suffered, and everyone he's lost uh, by completing his final and most challenging mission yet. Safe. Daniel Craig's been trying to get out of Bond for a really long time. He hates it, but they he, keep giving he, him money. Yeah, he's he just. Got a new mortgage, got a new house or something, and now he's doing another Bond film. Like, he, he, they keep on saying, oh, this will be the final one. But, like, it's a bit like Harrison Ford in uh, Indiana Jones. And the acting role. <laughs> the acting they just keep casting him. Call of the Wild is apparently not doing well. No, I heard that, yeah. I, did, like, I quite like Call of the Wild, but it looked like a weird adaption. I, yeah. I read the Jack London novel. Yeah. It's a, it's a great book. Oh, it's class. Like, it's unreal. I'm sure that's the feedback Jack London would love to have. <laughs> Put that in the cover. Class. <laughs> Heroes for Hire podcast. <laughs> like, in every in all of these Bond movies, Daniel Craig's Bond rides off into the sunset. Yeah. I, like, I... Skyfall ending kind of felt like, you know... An ending. Yeah, he goes off, he sees a non-Sean Connery. Yeah. It's a Scottish man in The Moors who's very mysterious that it was... I believe in the first draft was meant to be Sean Connery. Like yes. that's that would kind of in canon because uh, James Bond is not a person; it's an it's, alias. It's a code name. 007 is a just a code that it's passed from person to person. Yeah, it's a classification. Yeah. of agent kind of a thing. Yeah, and but I believe they kind of scrapped that, and they were like, "We'll just get a, a Scottish man, an old Scottish man." Yeah, because you told me this during the week that Sean Connery quit acting after the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, LXG. Yeah, <laughs> which a movie I have seen three times. I've seen it none times, so we'll, we'll watch that after Iron Giant. Maybe. I have seen it three more times than is necessary. <laughs> so, do you, do you think they wrote that without asking him, and then they were just like? Nah, he probably won't. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how scripts work, Sean. I, quite frankly, you've not asked the right person. Well, I'm sorry. I'll get Phoebe Waller-Bridge and ask her. She'd be great on a podcast. She'd be a good get, actually. <laughs> if she's listening. This is, <laughs> this is our call Ms. to action. Miss Waller-Bridge, please. Please. We, we understand are, you're very busy at the moment. But we are two young boys from Ireland. We'd like to have you on our talk show. We promise we won't ask you to write Fleabag season three. We promise this. Apparently, yeah, people ask that a lot of her. Yeah. And she's like, no plans. Yeah. Because it wasn't meant to have a season two. Okay. Because season one is just the stage play. Kind of. It's it's different. Um, And then they wrote a season two to kind of 
go along with it. Because of it was a massive success. Yeah. Hmm. And Amazon paid her quite a lot of money, I assume. Amazon will do that to you. Yeah, but like it, it could, it needed a season two. In a way, a play kind of doesn't have to tie up everything else, but a show probably does. In now, in fairness, there is a few loose ends. Like, yeah. If so, if you came out tomorrow and said there was a season three, I wouldn't be like, "What a cash grab!" I'd be like, "Oh yeah, no, there is. There are storylines that could continue on." But I think she wants to keep it very open ended. That's fair enough. And if that's the way she wants to write it, that's the way she wants to write it. That's mm. fair enough to do. Um, so moving from. One amazing series that we both love, James Bond, onto a brilliant series that I've watched and you probably will. This is the worst segue I've ever done. But The Witcher Season 2 has started filming. Series you probably will watch. You'll probably watch The Witcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's great. Good for them. Yeah. Uh, We don't usually cover a lot of like TV and Netflix stuff. But Connor's not here. Connor's not here and I really like The Witcher. (laughs) So, uh... Witcher season two has begun filming. We don't have a launch date yet. The closest they can give anyone is twenty twenty one. All of the cast from season one is returning. I'm talking to like I, this, this news is hey that season of television that was really well received and everyone liked. It's getting another season. It, season two was announced six weeks before season one released. Yeah, no, like, like, it was re- always going to be a great like. It was always going to be received really really well because the. Uh, games Witcher 3 is a, like, an incredible game yeah, the, the series have are, sold I, I don't have figures in front of me but they've sold millions at least 10 can we confirm at least 10 at least, I'll have to get my lawyers on that <laughs> we're, going, yeah. we're going to go to an outside reporter <laughs> at least 10 excellent Like uh, I was watching there's uh, the Corridor crew on YouTube uh, they do a series about VFX artists react and they compared there was like a Polish low budget version of The Witcher made in 2003 and they compared that to the current Netflix version. That just seems mean. It is a bit mean. Like, not even budget wise, just time and how much better computers have gotten. I'm not going to like look at something RTE made and then be like, oh, and HBO also made the same thing. Well, they're essentially the same company. (laughs) No, no, they both have letters. We'll probably make the same amount of money each year. Oh, but one person funds all their staff. <laughs> That's look. We probably shouldn't get into that. Um, so basically, I wanted to talk about The Witcher. It's there now. I hope everyone likes it as much as I do. Excellent. Moving on from one perfect casting, Henry Cavill as The Witcher. PC gamer Henry Cavill famed PC gamer I love that in every single uh, interview that he does he like to be like did, did you know about the Witcher and he's like yeah no I played Witcher 3 um, but, but like, how but how you beautiful man and he's like well I, I have a PC game I play a lot of World of Warcraft there was a great there's always great it's like did you win the game what? Yes, yes, I did. I beat World of Warcraft. I beat all of it. Excellent. <laughs> and they're like, oh, good. Yeah. And they're just like, but you are not a repulsive like basement dweller. And he's like, well, thanks, but like, load of people PC game. Shush, shush, beautiful man. No, no. How could you game? You're in the gym. Yeah, all the time. Your beautiful thumbs. They couldn't have. T- <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't wield a mouse. <laughs> you would crush it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is the news coming up that Ben Affleck 
shuts down possible DCEU Batman return. Okay. So, Ben Affleck, I feel, is going to be answering this question for the rest of his life. It, it, look, it takes away from his horrible back tattoo. Look, look he's, he went through some stuff. If you want to get a back tattoo to deal with it, if he likes it, that's the main thing. Be like a phoenix. Rise from the ashes of all of this and get a better tattoo. You're making money. He does have the money for a good tattoo, that's fair. So with Robert Pattinson's uh, upcoming The Batman, currently filming, the the former Cape Crusader Ben Affleck hasn't budged on his stance with not reprising the role again in his DCEU. (laughs) Someone was outside his house being like, will you be Batman? He's like, no. No. That's what won't budge. That's what means that he's never said he's going back. He's said no several times, but people just keep on going, but come on. But do it. But do it. <laughs> and he's like, no. That's what not budge means. He's just said no again to a question that you already know that the answer is no. Yeah. like You couldn't budge Ben Affleck anyway. He's built like a fridge. So, as things began to unravel about the planning of DC films behind the scenes, so did Affleck's commitment to the role as well as the his solo movie. So, he's, uh, he stepped down as director, later revealed to be due to health issues, and following the hire of Matt, hiring of Matt Reeves as a director, it wasn't even certain whether Affleck would star in a solo film. But as we all know, in 2019, Robert Pattinson, of Harry Potter 4 fame... Mm-hmm was cast as the new Batman, confirming that the film will take place during early days Bruce Wayne's crime-fighting career. So, uh, Affleck... I love the way this article was written, because it says, Affleck used this as a chance to bid farewell to the franchise and to other projects that spoke more to him. Do you think that he was like, it's like a cursed crown, that he's just put it on Pattinson's like, good, now... I'm fucking off now. The crown sings for blood, Robert. Yeah. He just hands it over to him. He's like, you're Batman now. You've touched it last. Yes. It's an ear-shaped crown. It's just yeah. the ears of the you massive. you touched it. Ah, running. It's, yeah, it's like, did you ever do a thing in school that uh, you have rubbish in your hand? Oh, yeah. But you then, throw it yeah. at your friend and then they're the ones who litter it. Yeah, it's their responsibility now. Yeah, that's how it works. Uh, so in a recent interview uh, with Dwayne Hamby to promote The Way Back, uh, Affleck was uh, asked if the door was truly closed forever on him returning to reprise Batman. In the video posted on YouTube, Affleck politely reaffirmed that his time as the DC he's hero is over. Too polite. Like, he's doing press for other movies. Let him do other movies. Yeah. Leave him alone. He said no. He Like, he's clearly... He wants to talk about the way back. Yeah. He doesn't want to answer... Leave him alone. He's like... You know, you see stars... Going back to Harrison Ford. Stop at, like. Stop asking it. him if Han Solo's coming back. Do other things. Uh, so, Affleck states that although he had an opportunity to write and direct and kind of star in a standalone Batman film... It occurred around the same time as he kind of lost interest in those stories. Affleck added that he'd happily go and see Pattinson's new iteration of the hero. Uh, While the interviewer jokingly suggested the possibility of Affleck returning to the role... I bet it wasn't joking. No, in an adaptation of The Dark Knight Returns, uh, uh, Affleck seemed partially interested in the idea, but... Just being polite. Yeah, uh, but when you think about it, that would involve telling the story of an old Batman, which is what Ben Affleck's Batman was. That he'd been in the game for 30 years. You also never want to... 
Ben Affleck can still be cast in action movies. He probably does not want to be cast as anything as an old person. As a it's, grizzled old man. It's like it's bit like That's very interesting actually. Yeah, you really don't it's career suicide if you start like playing old playing old. It's like the um, you'll kinda of see a lot of it's very prevalent with actresses. They never want to be playing someone with an adult son or daughter because that's career suit. Like, they can never be the love interest. In, yeah. in traditional roles, I'm not, like... Um, there's been some great stuff written out, but it used to be the way that the second you were cast as the mother... There's a um, Second Wives Club. I know you've not seen it. No. There's a brilliant... They want me to play the mother. And it's this huge thing that she, uh, she's gone from being the love interest, the ingenue, the be- like, mm-hmm. to the mother. Ashling B said something about that because she recently started in Living With Yourself mm. with Paul Rudd and she did an interview and she was like, yeah, acting five years ago, I'd always get offered like, oh, the quirky friend and things like that. Then I turned 30 and now I'm the wife. Yeah. But you never want to be the mother with a, an adult child. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter. Like It doesn't matter how great you look. Do, it doesn't matter like how great you look because Cher played Meryl Streep's mother in... Um, Mamma Mia 2 and I'm still not over it <laughs> yeah how old is Cher she's I believe three years younger than Meryl Streep that's crazy or, or three years older she looks great and not so mother age the other, it's, it's ridiculous it's not fair I'm still not over it <laughs> so but you saw as well holding like, on to that for two years <laughs> well I'm glad I've given you a platform yeah. to voice it um, like uh, Hugh Jackman did mm-hmm. an old Wolverine. Hasn't really done an action movie since... I think that was kind of... Wolverine does live forever, though, to be fair. like that's... He dies eventually. He dies in Logan, but like he... <laughs> he got covered in Andamantium in the comics. I don't know if he was technically dead or just stuck inside Andamantium for years. <laughs> yeah. Either way, he's still around now. Hugh Jackman is still dancing on stage. He's still a huge jacked man. Oh. He's but that's just, all he wanted to do. He wanted to be a singy boy. He wanted to be a singy boy. He wanted to be a singy boy, but people kept on te- telling him to punch things. And, and he's then, like, I just want to be a singy boy. And then he did Les Mis, where he could punch things and be a singy boy. Best of both worlds. Um, so, moving on from... Oh, Jesus, let me try and think of a segue here. Uh, who? Uh, Batman. Dark. Dark Universe. That's right, Orla. It's Dark Universe news. The visual, the medium of podcast doesn't really capture visuals. Yeah, I've learned this. I want them to know that I'm staring at you. <laughs> Silently and judging. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, Look, I'm, I'm doing my best here. I don't usually host. <laughs> like the invisible man, I'm trying to see where you're going with this. Ho, ho, ah! Don't nice give it song. that much. So, yeah. Oh, I, just, I went too far in one Go direction. back down. That was awful. <laughs> Awfully good. <laughs> so, Invisible Man, yeah, twenty twenty, yeah, never included Johnny Depp or Dark Universe connections. Okay. Now, bit of background <laughs> on this. Well, you can't, you can't just okay the story. <laughs> and we move on. I would love that. If, hey, guess what? James Bond news never included Johnny Depp. Ooh. This is news. Um, no, but yeah, okay. No, dark Universe, yep. Famously, we talk about the Dark Universe yeah. a lot here. It was meant to be Universal's attempt at a monster movie universe, mm-hmm. and they decided to ham-fistedly set it up all at once. Yeah, the mummy uh, 
like Frankenstein, Dracula, Dracula Untold, yeah, a whole bunch of stuff. Like Jekyll all and of Hyde. the movie monsters from the 1950s who were owned by Universal. Yeah, yeah. they have a Universal um, monster cafe in Universal Studios in Florida. Florida, the, you say? Yeah, and it's you know it's all of those kind of uh, 19. 50s, 1940s, you know, kind of Bride of Frankenstein, things like that. Yeah, so they announced, they boldly announced, like, oh, we got Johnny Depp for Invisible Man. We got Angelina Jolie for Bride of Frankenstein. Uh, But uh, in... It was recently revealed that apparently when the Invisible Man, which is coming out at the minute, uh, was being thought about, Johnny Depp was never considered. Mm -hmm. And it was never intended to have any connections to the dark universe see yeah it looks it's a very like a psychological thriller yeah uh, oh, uh, we've not seen it yet we probably will no I yeah we will eventually excellent after what are the other two films we're gonna watch <laughs> Iron Giant and the other one League of Extraordinary Gentlemen which also includes The Invisible Man oh yeah it includes um, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde um Sean Connery. The Bride of Frankenstein. Sean Connery. Just They really just set up the Dark Universe in LXG, didn't they? Yeah, watch that instead. Okay. (laughs) It's just as much of a train wreck. I thought you were going to say it's just as good. It's not. Um, So in a recent episode of Cinema Blend's Real Blend podcast, uh, uh, writer and director of The Invisible Man, Leo Winnell, uh, was asked if we had any connection to the Dark Universe or if Johnny Depp was ever thought about. He said, no, nothing. It was only ever treated as a standalone film. Uh, at no stage did anyone call me and say, oh, hey, we'd love to if we could have a cameo from Dr. Jekyll in the movie. Or we'd love if you could look at some of our plans for this movie. Uh, it was only ever treated as a standalone film and they were so supported of, supportive of it and had a lot of great ideas. Uh, and when asked if Depp was involved at all, the director replied no. So Universal's decision to make a smaller movie looks to have been a successful one. The Invisible Man, in its first weekend, grossed $29 million domestically and got the number one spot on the charts. It's a little less than the $31.6 million of The Mummy, mm-hmm. but uh, The Invisible Man was made on a budget of $7 million, and The That's- Mummy was made... Between 125 and 195 million. Seven million is not a lot for like a, a villain that's entirely CG in like it, that it's invisible. Yeah. You know, I guess it's a great way to make a budget film by like, you know, pull some strings, make things fly off the um, shelves and be like, that's where he is. But, yeah. But seven million's not a lot to make a movie these days. Not at all. Yeah, that's that's really impressive. I'd like if this started a trend with Universal that they make these monster movies kind of in the ethos of the old ones. Yeah. Which is you do the best you can with what you have. Yeah. And like make them cheap, but make them good. Yeah, seven million is a tiny amount of. I'm still stuck on that. That's kind of impressive. It looks good. It looks like a thriller horror. You know. Um, not a big blockbuster that The Mummy was, like, trying to be. Yeah, The Mummy was trying to be this, like, epic tale. Mm. Well, it's, you know, it's Tom Cruise who's famously for his just big bombastic kind of action roles. He does all his stunts and he, he does wants his to... Jack Reachers and his whatever his character in Mission Impossible yeah. is called. You know, like, it, it, and, like, you see in, um, in live die repeat which edge was, of tomorrow edge of tomorrow was that what it was called here yeah in america in the states it was called live die repeat 
Jeez, it's the worst the title. The sequel to Eat, Pray, Love. Oh! Is it? Yeah. Oh, God, that's great. Yeah, the world just gets... After Eat, Pray, Love, after she goes back from India and eats frozen yogurt, I don't know what the movie's about. I assume it's about her eating frozen yogurt. I'm just imagining that ad with Jamie Lee Curtis, the Activia one. You know the handbag and she's just putting food in it. That's not Jamie Lee Curtis. There, well, there are two separate Activia ads then. <laughs> that's, for a, that's for a constipation tablet. No, it's for Activia yogurt. No, wait. It's it might be a probiotic. It's a, no, it's Hang for on. Constipation. Let me think. No, mm, look, there are many ads. We live in a society. <laughs> This is all staying it. I know, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's the best part. This is the best part. It's when Sean fucks up. Happens at least twice a week. Uh, so where were we? Oh, yeah, we were talking. Yeah, we went on a tangent. Um, Wouldn't be like us. You no, know, Tom Cruise does these big bombastic like thrillery roles, but like he wanted to beat the Brendan Fraser film, The Mummy. Yeah. And he was the big bombastic. He was the Chris Pratt type, the Harrison Ford type, the like. Yeah, just that kind of... Kind of cocky, maybe a little bit smarmy, but likeable. Yeah, it's roguish charm. Roguish charm is exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. and it's it's hard... He's a troublemaker and... But God, you love to be yeah. mad at him. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a tough one to capture. The Invisible Man also has Elizabeth Moss going for it yeah. as well. And she's real good. She's... A phenomenal actress. Yeah, she's, um, she's really, really great in uh, The Handmaid's Tale. She is your point of view character and it's really her show. You kind of see this dystopian world through her and she really carries it. Yeah. And like, she's so good in that show I've had to stop watching at points because I just need a break. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. So speaking of needing a break, uh, we have... Just, I want to briefly talk about this. It's not the usual scope of this show, but it's pretty big in the world of media and entertainment and that's that Bob Iger retired CEO of Disney mm-hmm. uh, he stepped down from his CEO role uh, being succeeded by Disney Parks chairman Bob Shapek uh, so another Bob another Bob Bob and Bob it's so, a world for Bobs it's, it's, it's a, a real Bob for her world it's a, it's a Bob 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 world so Bob 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 Bob, Bob, Bob. <laughs> I was trying to think if there was a last name that could set up a Bob Aran, but look, we'll have to we'll have to workshop that. Marvel's new CEO, Bob Aran. That would be amazing. People would love it. Him and Barbara Broccoli get a load of work done. Um, so Disney says that Iger will remain involved as executive chairman and will continue to quote unquote direct the company's creative endeavours until the end of 2021 yeah you never really retire from kind of stuff like that you just you go on a chairman like you just sit on a board you get paid forever you sit on a board you meet you know and you say oh yeah once once a year and you go you don't know golfing I don't know how rich people live but I imagine it's that (laughs) yeah like he's stepped down from his big role yeah, um, so bas- d- uh, when you think of everything Bob Iger did over the last, since he became chairman, I think it was 2003, he became chairman, uh, but he oversaw the acquisition of Pixar, then Marvel, then Lucasfilm, then Fox. He, he bought a lot of things. He made, he made some good calls, to be fair. Well, if you buy everything, eventually something, you know... That's true. Yeah. That is no, like you know, he's it's 
Disney has become massive. Nearly too big. I can't say that. They might buy this podcast. Look, I'm putting it out there right now. If Disney wants to buy this podcast, they are welcome to. <laughs> but you're not going to put up a fight. We will, look, we'll we make it easy We never want to be you. a pirate podcast. We want to be owned, damn it. We want to be corporate. I'll do ads. I sometimes do ads for Casper mattresses without being paid for them. Just in case anyone's listening. I don't think Casper mattresses deliver in Ireland. No, not at all. <laughs> so I, I, That's also, where Connor is. Connor's gone. We sold him somewhere. He's just like... Disney have him. We sold him to Bob Iger. We sold him to the mouse. He needs a caddy. <laughs> the mouse does. Um, so, more than anyone, uh, Bob Iger seemed to understand that the continued success would depend on intellectual property. And, god damn, they have a lot of intellectual property. Yeah, like... So, like... What more does he need? I know. Like, they have cinematic... What more is there to buy? Land? Can always buy land. Just they, they have theme parks. They own land. Oh, they do own land. They own land on every continent. Except Antarctica. They could buy Antarctica. It is getting smaller. Just a penguiny Disney World. Penguin World? It would still be Disney World and still be the mouse. That's the mouse among the penguins? Is that a phrase? It will be when Disney owns it. They're <laughs> going to copyright it. They'll trademark it. This is going to be an icy wonderland. <laughs> Ooh, Ice, Ice Town. It's going to be Ice Town from Parks and Rec. <laughs> Stop giving them ideas. They're going to buy it. They're going to buy us. Uh, so, yeah, as you say, he already owns cinematic universes, TV shows, theme parks, toys, games, and more. Indefinitely. <laughs> Forever. It's, it's theirs now. You know. <laughs> so, uh, following a blockbuster year, they find itself facing creative resets with many of its franchises, including Star Wars and Marvel. Uh, so Iger will be able to oversee the execution of new visions for both of those brands while showing uh, Shapek the ropes in dealing with Hollywood talent. So he's kind of stepping back. He's in more of an advisory role and other Bob has taken his place. Good news all round, he said, not really understanding business. It Disney is Disney still, like, you know. Yeah. Is it self-sustaining at this point? Is it just going to no, always be there? It's a constant, like... It just eats, eats and eats, and never be full. God, it sounds awful. I know. How much cheese can one mouse eat? Yeah. I was going to say it's the new face of Disney, but the face is always the mouse. That's, yeah, Mickey Mouse is famously the face of Disney. Yep. Also that castle at the start of the movies. Mm. Uh, so, moving on to uh, our final story. It's a bit of a lighter story to end on, compared to the hard-hitting journalism that we were facing. Oh, yeah. Uh, but Tom Holland confirms that Back to the Future remake talks, quote unquote, have happened now. Okay. Earlier this month, Orla, yeah. a deep fake video emerged online in which one of Back to the Future's scene scenes was recreated with Tom Holland as Marty McFly and Robert Downey Jr. as Doc Brown. Uh, the recreation was a particularly impressive one, prompting many to believe that these two were perfect for a reboot thoughts uh right (laughs) right it's a reboot it's a reboot yeah what's wrong with the actual back to the future interesting you say that all there's plenty wrong with the original (laughs) okay (laughs) yes The, the entire concept back to the future may be a little yeah okay so it's all weird 
It's all weird all the time. <laughs> it's like that John Mulaney bit. So the mom tries to rape the son. Yeah, and then the dad has to kill hit his bully. He doesn't kill him, sorry. <laughs> that would be a good remake. Uh, Holland admits not only has he seen the defect, but he was impressed with it and that reboot talks have indeed occurred. While this might be exciting news for some, uh, Tom Holland stopped short of saying that a Back to the F- Future reboot actually will happen. The Spider-Man star revealed this news during an interview with BBC Radio 1 when he said, I'd be lying if I said there hadn't been conversations in the past about doing some sort of remake. But that film is the most perfect film, or one of the most perfect films, that could ever that could never be made better. That said, if Robert Downey Jr. and I could shoot that one scene that they remade for fun, he could pay for it because he's got loads of money. I would do it for my fee and we could remake the scene. I think we owe it to Deepfake because they did such a good job. I'm going to speak to Robert and see if we can try to recreate something for Deepfake. Does he think Deepfake are a company? I, or, or I think he's he thinks it's like an one internet person. name. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, who is 4chan? <laughs> Um, I think he's. I think he's very cute. I think the fact that he was like, "There's conversation." Is it just between him and his brothers? <laughs> so, he's like, oh, "We be- we should do that." Yeah. Um, I love his innocence. He's just like, "Oh, me and Robert can just make that." I think brain. he wants a little bit of an excuse to hang out with Robert Downey Jr. Well, they got do little too. <laughs> Will that happen? <laughs> no, we'll see. Um, <laughs> it's owned by Disney, so who knows? Um. That's true. Um, I, I, he, he seems to be like, he likes Back to the Future yeah. as a movie. And yeah, he's just like, I don't want to remake it because it'll be the Ghostbusters effect. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I'm... Of where everyone's just like, oh, they're ruining my childhood. Your childhood's still there and by and large it's over. Yeah, now you can still buy Back to the Future 1, 2 and 3. Yeah, I have them on VHS. Wow. Yeah, it's really cool. They came in a box set and the the backs of the VHSs line up to make the the out of time mm. license plate very cool that is cool yeah thanks <laughs> no problem I'm just here to be supportive yeah. um, well there was a lot of talk when, remember was it three or four years ago when it was back to, future, to the future day yeah yeah uh, what was it October 15th 2015 something like that a DeLorean came to the college. Yeah. I remember that happened. Like, and Christopher Lloyd is still kicking and, you know, and he does a lot of voice work. He's got an excellent voice. He does have a good voice. Yeah. And Michael J. Fox is doing a lot of work for his Parkinson's uh, foundation. Foundation. If Tom Tom Holland and Robert Downey Jr. wanted to do it and then donated funds to the Parkinson's Foundation. That is a really good idea, You know what, that would, be, that would be lovely and I would, like, if they wanted to do that scene... That would be a really nice kind of thing. Yeah, and I'm sure they could. Like, as Tom Holland says, he's got loads of money. <laughs> yeah, well, that would be nice. But um, uh, Robert Zemeckis, who's the original director of uh, Back to the Future, said it was never going to happen. The original writer uh, said it was never going to happen. There is a musical of Back to the Future out now. Oh. If anyone wants to go see that. Um, Such a weekly recommends. Not seen it. Oh. Um because I live far away. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's all right. They'll forgive you. Um, I yeah. I think it's 
it like it's in, I, it was obviously going to happen. They were always going to be the talks because of be a re- successful franchise from the past. Yeah, they're rebooting everything. Yeah, I can't wait for all the reboots. More Pinocchio, please. Watch AI with Haley Joel Osment. That's just Pinocchio with robots. Ooh, I'm back on board. Yeah. Uh, so that about does it for the news this week. Uh, I've, I'd like to thank you, Orla. Thank you. For stepping into Connor's Thank shoes. you for thanking me. Th- thank you for thanking me for thanking you. Yep. We could do this all evening. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, so I just want to end off by thanking all of our patrons. For those of you that don't know, we do have a Patreon account. It's patreon.com slash here's for hire podcast. And for donating at a certain level, uh, people get a shout out in the video. So I'd like to thank very muchly Alexander Williams, Kira Lawler, Ed Ball, Joe Burney, Ray Ging, Roisin Halley and Ryan Evanson. Thank you all very much for supporting the show and keeping the lights on. Uh, if you would like to support the show, there's a link in the description. Also, down in the description, is our social media. Facebook, Here's for Hire Podcast. Instagram, Here's for Hire Podcast. Twitter, at Here's for Hire Pod. The four is the number four. Or you can email us, Here's for Hire underscore at Outlook.com. Uh, but we will be back on Wednesday with Weird News Wednesdays. I believe Connor will have returned. Friday with Hero or Zero. It's his week, so I hope he's done some work while on holidays. And next Monday with another episode of Movie Mondays. But I think that's about it. So thank you very much, Arla. Thank you very much, John. Any, any closing words for the listeners? No. Excellent. Take that to the <laughs> grave. Bye, guys. Bye. 